Hey, Todd. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rock and roll? Let's do it. You're listening to Braving Bad Bosses with Jeff DeWolf and Todd Chandler, where we discuss how to survive a bad boss and not be one. Jeff, welcome back. I'm so excited to get season two kicked oh, off. Yes, it's been uh, it's been weeks. It's been way too long. What I loved is how much um, I feel I personally learned out of season one. It was great to get in deep with everyone's horror stories uncomfortably see myself in some of them and uh really be able to talk through the extremes of how to handle those tough spots yeah season one was all about very very difficult situations Uh, behaviors perpetrated upon the listeners by bosses with literally no soul in some cases right right but what was kind of nice um debriefing that first season and really talking about what do we want to do going forward was the conversation around what causes those moments of friction with bosses where you know you know and even the best of bosses you have those bad moments that take place and i really loved how we started thinking about there are bad things bosses do that we wish they wouldn't do right and then there's good things we wish they'd do that they aren't doing yeah absolutely and um you know it's those bad things that are easy to spot yep they're they're you know them they're a little more obvious and, you know, in many cases, when a boss does those sorts of blatant bad uh, behaviors, they get dealt with. Right. Not always, because there are some cultures that are so bad that sure. they allow them. But sure. in many cases, they get dealt with. And it, what's more difficult to deal with are those things that are needed that just don't get done. Well, and because a lot of times you don't even realize you need them right. until it's gone on for a while. Right. Exactly. Right. Because it, it, so when a bad thing happens that you know shouldn't have happened, it's obvious it's right there in front of you. Yep. When a good thing do, it doesn't take place, you know something's missing, but you're not necessarily sure what it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the challenge of organizations because there's a lot of bosses who get by as bosses who are really not leading because they're not doing what they need to be doing. So this is going to be a great season. I think um, we're going we're to make a few changes yep. to our format just to, to make it interesting. We're moving out of Granite City. Yeah into local coffee shops around the Kansas City area. Where it's time to sober up a little bit. Time to sober up, get serious, that's right. I loved that we thought about it as a happy hour dealing with workplace problems, but I do think- Because those were big problems. They were big problems, but I think just the simple notion of thinking more about strategy and developing um, and planning um, how to adjust this is a nice, subtle little change that we're making. Um, And I love that we've mapped out the whole season ahead of time. So we've thought through 12 different sins of omission, uh, basically behaviors that aren't taking place that we wish would be. And we're going to tackle them week by week. Yeah, we're going to we're going to publish those in advance so that we can encourage you to tell your stories or to give us, you know, some um, some feedback or recommendations on what's worked for you in the past when you've encountered bosses that that. I guess, don't act in this way. Well, and certainly I don't think this was a sin of omission in season one, but I think one of the things that we felt looking back on it was could we add more meat to the podcast? Uh, could we yeah. make it a little bit more serious and offer more perspective? And I think having the topics identified well right. in advance gives us right. a chance to do more thinking about it and perhaps even a little bit of research. Yeah, and we're going to do that. And uh, the other thing that, that our I think our switch does for us is it gets us out of that realm of, just wanting to encourage everyone to quit, <laughs> you know, because you're work, you're working for literally Hitler. So so now we have more. 
I think more practical things we can talk about, more concrete things, because frankly, I think these are more common. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the nut job who throws racial slurs at you, yeah. I mean, those aren't happening quite as often right. as they used to be. Right. But the person right. who, who uh, as an example, somehow finds that they have no time to provide any feedback for yeah. weeks upon end. Extremely real. Much harder to deal with, much harder to discipline. Bosses from above don't, don't typically look down and see these missing behaviors and right. go, this is a terrible boss and we, right. need to, we need to discipline or replace them. So they stay there for, for long periods of time. So it's going to be a great way to... To really help people deal with some more realistic well, scenarios. And all the things that are missing, it is so easy to brush off as priorities, right? Like they've got so much on their plate. Yeah. They're swamped. Yeah. They're drowning. They can't get it all done. And so providing that feedback to a boss or being able to deal with it. And what I like most about having these identified is thinking about the follower, the worker, the individual contributor on the team. What subtle ways can they do to make it easier for the boss to provide the things that are missing? And that's where I'm most yeah. excited about. How can you take control of this relationship, impact it, influence it, and yeah. get what you need out of it? Yeah, sometimes we call that the art of followership. Yeah. You know, it, and there's a lot there because if you if you wait around for your boss to be a good boss, yeah. you may be waiting your whole career. So. <laughs> Um, you know, that's, let's just let's just face facts. I mean, there, you know, we can do what we can to try to influence our boss. We can we can put him through training. We can we can do what we can. But there comes a time as followers, and most of us are are all followers yep. as well as as leaders in many cases. Um, we have to learn how to take ownership and influence, and and the art of followership um, can make things better for ourselves as well. Let's talk about some of the sins of omission that we're going to cover in season two. That sounds great. Um, but before we do, there's one other thing I want to mention, and that is that we also recognize that many of our listeners are currently leaders, mm-hmm. and they're leading others, but they also are suffering under bad bosses. Um, and so we want part of this podcast to also focus on how we can equip listeners to not follow in the footsteps of those bosses. So we want to teach people to break the cycle. Oh, yeah. So so part of what we'll do, I think, is we'll talk about, okay, you know, how can we break, break the cycle here? What can we do? Um, what, are, what, are, what does a good boss look like in this regard? Not just these are what's missing, but this is how you know you've got a boss who's doing this right so that we can break the cycle. Well, and that's a much more actionable item because it's much easier to change ourselves than to try to change somebody else. So if we see something that we see an opportunity for ourselves as leaders, um, and that can just be in any relationship, doesn't necessarily have to be work-related, uh, I, I hope that's going to be more actionable than necessarily trying yeah. to influence somebody else to change. Yeah, it, it will be. So yep. I'm excited to share a lot of, a lot of thoughts around those. Hey, we're going to put well. this whole list of 12 up yeah. on the website, which is? Yeah, so um, in no particular order, yeah, um, we're going to talk about absent bosses. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I love some of the titles that we've come up with this on, but I think absent bosses are something that we've all seen where we, yeah. we try to need to get something from somebody. What's the omission for an absent boss, Todd? Yeah, yeah nothing. They're, they're <laughs> just not around. It's uh, the uh, presence, availability, assistance. Yeah. They're just not available. Yeah, so it's omitting all those things. Yeah. Yep. The, there's the unclear priority boss. Oh, yes. Yes. When The unclear priority bosses are those that, that omit things that we need, things like clarity of vision, direction, priorities. You know, they just somehow never get around to whittling it down for us. I love the old Covey model about important and urgent and thinking about when oh, yeah. the, the, you can't provide 
importance around something, then something becomes every urgent. And then if your boss is there saying they need something and you're like, I don't, this doesn't seem important or urgent. It's just that unclear prioritization. So I think that's going to be a great conversation. The next one is the uh, control freak boss. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great one. So that might be interesting. You're like, well, what what's being omitted <coughs> when you when you talk about a control freak boss? And you know, think about we think of of a control freak boss as someone who is om- is, is omitting autonomy. Right. You know, one of the things employees need is they need to feel a sense of autonomy and that they're empowered, that they're trusted to do at least do their jobs. Right. right. And so the control freak boss has a lot to learn. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and and just not providing that trust and autonomy. Yeah. Number four is going to be zero feedback bosses, Todd. That'll be fun. <laughs> that one's pretty easy kinda to see sp- what's omitted. It's the spe- feedback. <laughs> kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> feedback and coaching. Yeah, just yeah. not there. Yeah. Not there. I, I love the painfully introverted boss, which oh, is what we're going to talk about in week five. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to use you as an example on this one. <laughs> no. If anybody who knows Todd knows that is not, um, is not a problem. Introversion is not one of your issues <laughs> I, uh, I yeah when I uh, I love um, work the, the folks I work with tease me about this all the time and we went out to a barbecue place the other day and it was kind of a big table to sit down and they're like oh my gosh she's already made friends because I sat down on a new uh. table and I'm like hey we're gonna be eating here with you so yeah, not gonna be a problem for you but that's that's omitting communication and personal contact in many many cases this will be a good one for me to explore new territory I'll be able to provide some good coaching there yeah. you, have you ever had a boss by the way that you know has Enters the office, you know, kind of staring at his shoes, goes in the office, closes the door, and sometimes just never interacts. I have not, but I have uh, worked with peers who have and have had conversations yeah. with them about uh, how that... It's a real thing. Yeah, It is a real thing. Yeah. Um, the next one we're going to talk about is the unpredictable and scattered boss. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these ones are fun. Um, I mean, they're fun, literally fun. <laughs> Usually they're too fun. Um, they omit things like... Uh, stability and reliability, um, consistency. Coming into work and don't know you don't know you know who they're gonna who they're gonna be first of all. You don't know what they're gonna be focused on, and and it's really tough to work in an environment like that. Feels like a uh, I was gonna say a crapshoot, but it's almost more like a roulette wheel. Like you it just is, don't know it, where it's gonna land. It is. It's a roulette. Today we're focused on re- reds, and uh, tomorrow <laughs> it's it's black twenty seven. No twenty six. No, you know. Yeah, that's a, a good analogy. Yeah. Okay, so what's our next one? I think we're going to talk about the conflict avoiding boss. Yeah. That again, speaks, it's pretty clear what that means. But Well, I, you know, it's the boss who doesn't intervene or doesn't provide resolution. And for many of us have worked in situations, and I, I think where this conversation is going to lead to some good uh, insights is what is things you should confront versus things you shouldn't confront. And, you know, I, I love that we're going to have to deal with this season the variability by the follower, yeah. like what the follower yeah. expects out of it. Some some people need more conflict from the boss controlling what's going on right. as opposed to being able to deal with some of those situations themselves. So I think this is going to be a good, rich conversation. Yeah. The one thing I have seen when it comes to conflict avoiding bosses is is most people fall into this category. Yeah, um, yeah. Not a lot of things are... Uh, as they say, agnostic to one's personality type, but this is one of them. It's it, like it doesn't matter whether you are a strong personality or more of an introverted, um, moderate personality. Nobody likes dealing with conflict. Well, and when and so do I say something and when don't I say something? You know, is it is it is that uh, an infraction? Yeah. Is that just something that that's a style thing that I let yeah. slide, or is that a standard thing that I need to yeah. address? Yeah. Well, w- there's a lot of conflict. Obviously, when you put two human beings together, we have conflict. 
And boss, one of the roles of a boss is intervening when necessary. Yep. And it's must, it goes on, a lot of times it just gets ignored. So, One of the ones I'm really looking forward to is week eight when we're going to talk about the what we pay you for, boss. <laughs> <laughs> this was your title. I, I, maybe you can explain where that comes from. You think that's why I'm so excited about it? Yeah. So, um, you know, this is the boss who uh, omits recognition and celebration. And this comes from a scene <laughs> in Mad Men where Don Draper tells Peggy, uh, that's what we pay you for. She's complaining <laughs> because she hasn't gotten enough uh, recognition or thank yous from him on a great job yeah. that she did. Uh-huh. And he just shouts back, that's what the money's for. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had we've had some bosses, and there are probably some listening who are like, yeah, isn't that, what, isn't that true? Right, 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 exactly. Right, but it is a necessity. We, people, need, people need that recognition. They need celebration. Yeah. All right, so um, this one's a little bit, uh, again, the title's pretty pretty clear. The resource limiting boss. Sure. And so, what are we omitting there? Yeah, resources and planning for needs. So, being able to allocate all the resources that the individual needs to do the job. Yeah, I, I was thinking. You know, as we talked about that one, what's interesting about the resource limiting boss is many times it just comes down to comes down to a lack of planning. Like right. they don't feel like planning. Yeah. So when the budget process is rolling out in your company, and your boss is responsible for thinking ahead about maybe how many staff need to be added and how what the budget needs to be to support you know growth and travel and learning and whatever you need to run the department but they procrastinate the budget process right. away they don't feel like doing it and suddenly you're yeah. stuck with last year's budget and no opportunity to grow and I I, I, I want to call it old school but I don't know that that's fair it's I, I think it's just kind of sometimes there's a misconception out there by many hardline bosses that you can do more with less. So if I just tell you to get it done with what you right. have, um, it's the old, uh, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. If, you know, it, get it done with the resources you have um, and is not that, understanding like, the real cost that comes with it. Is that it. like dance with the one who brung you? They're, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So how about, uh, we're going to talk about indecisive bosses. Yeah. Which, again, obviously is the omission of Decision making. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Would you make a decision for Pete's sake? Get it over with. I know, you know, one of the things that, um, and not to get too autobiographical here, but I think this will be a good one because I think this is one of the areas that I struggle with as a boss is that sometimes I need time to make a decision and trying to figure out which decisions are. And I also want my people to make more decisions. So how do you turn decisions back yeah. to them, help them make decisions, yeah. but then also how do you make sure that they're timely when you make them? So yeah, I, I think, think this is going to be rich. It is going to be it is going to be rich because there's a distinction between between giving it time to gather the right information and just procrastinating the decision. Sure. Cuz you're afraid to make one. Sure. I mean that's that's Sure. That's what are you trying to say? Not no, nothing at all. Yeah. Well, you were just looking at me no, when well, you said yeah, that. That's because you're sitting across from me. Oh, good point. And uh, week 11 we're going to talk about the non-developing boss. Yeah, that's, uh, again, the omission of growth opportunities. you got a boss who just pays no attention to what your interests are, personally, professionally. Um, and uh, and it just it just goes on and on and on with, with no development chance. So well, and so many bosses, I think, say that's your own responsibility to take that on. And can I, can I mention the last one? Mm-hmm. Because I think this one might be my favorite. Oh, good. And so that's why big, I said... Big grand finale. That's why I said in, in no particular order, because I might not be able to wait for number 12 for this one, but... Stone cold bosses, and this this is awesome. This is the omission of relationship and vulnerability. Sure. Um, and so you know there are bosses who are raised on that. You know if I show weakness, people won't respect me. Type of a type of a persona, and it it just wreaks havoc. Yeah. In in terms of team teamwork and camaraderie and a lot of other things. So that's going to be a fun one too. 
I, what's nice is knowing the season ender uh, before we get to the season and know what we're building to is that nice stone cold. Uh, oh, that nice stone you're cold. I hope you don't make me wait, but you're 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 the one that built the schedule out. But it was just what I. It was in a, in no particular s- order. I you want to save the that. last bite, the best bite for last. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. It's going to work out fantastic. Okay. Okay. I'm super excited about season two. I like that we have these mapped out. I think these are some great conversations that are going to lead to some fantastic learnings and some really actionable points for both how to talk to our bosses about what we need out of that relationship and then also to make sure that when we're in the leadership role, we're providing the things that the people need from us. That sound you just heard is still with us for season two. You just heard Hell's Bells. And that, by the way, is a reminder to us mostly that it's time to wrap up yeah. because we're going to stick to our guns and, um, and and try to stay to 18 minutes like we like we did last year, more or less effectively. Yeah, we were in the ballpark of 18 minutes for all yeah, of them. 18 minutes, give or take two. Yeah, so when Hell's Bell son sounds, we got two minutes to wrap her up. We're going to wrap it up. And so let's wrap this up um, just, by, just by encouraging our listeners to be thinking about these uh, these topics because we'd love to share stories and ideas that you have to deal with these kinds of things. We are going to post this list on our website at bravingbadbosses.com. Right there, you'll find the list, and there's a place on that on that page to submit stories and recommendations. You know, and I think we tend to think about examples, and examples are great, and we'd love to hear your examples. I think what's going to lead to meaningful conversations is for us to for you to share with us where you see struggles take place on this so around each of these topics where do you struggle with when you see your boss not providing what you need out of the job and you know if you're a boss what you see or how you struggle on being able to make sure you're providing the right levels of each of these things to the people on your team that sounds good yeah yeah i can't wait i'm excited to uh, struggle through this and help others struggle through it as well well you know it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast, man, and I'm looking forward to spending another season with you. Yeah, alright. Wipe that tear away. <laughs> <laughs>